fudge around with this and just, all right, now we got stuff coming through the soundboard. All right, I have no idea what is going on, what is wrong. I've got no sound coming into my headset. Oh, this is another messed up day. All right, Ron, can you hear me now? I hope you can hear me now because it looks like I'm going through my landline telephone, and that works, but my soundboard is not working at all. So I'm going to have to get a master technician over here and find out what's going on. Oh, man, what a mess. What an absolute mess here. Anyway, uh, geez, which means I have no backup sound for my closing or anything else. So let's just hope we can run everything off of the landline. Anyway, I want to welcome everyone that's in the chat room that's also listening up on, <laughs> well, obviously now you're, you're probably listening in on Facebook and stuff, and I don't know if you can hear it all, but I'm closing those windows out, so <laughs> I'm sticking with the old stuff anyway here, guys. Ah, oh, man. Anyway, those that listen to the show know that we start off each and every show with a dedication to a fallen hero. And today's dedication is going out to, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Sergeant Mark J. Besserman of the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections. His end of watch was Monday, February 26th of 2018. And this is from several different sources, one of them being Penn Live, WJAC-TV, and also uh, from the Harris Funeral Home. And it starts off, a Pennsylvania Department of Corrections said an officer of State Correctional Institute Somerset, died from injuries sustained in an attack earlier this month at the hands of a 22-year-old inmate. Paul Jawan Kendrick is accused of fatally beating Sergeant Mark Baserman just before 7 p.m. on February 15th, which led to Baserman's hospitalization for 11 days. Correction Secre- Secretary John Wetzel reported Baserman's death in a news press release. 
The minute we learned of this unprovoked, brutal attack on Sergeant Besserman and another officer who came to his aid, our hearts sank, Wenzel said in the news release. We are greatly saddened by Sergeant Besserman's death, and our thoughts are with his family at this time. The Tribune Democrat obtained charging documents in the assault and reported that the men were talking when Kendrick suddenly lashed out and struck Besserman in the face eight to ten times. Besserman fell to the ground, which is when Kendrick began kicking him in the head with his heavy Timberland boots. Kendrick's motive for the attack was because Besserman had confiscated a towel early in the day Kendrick was using to block the other's view of his bunk, according to the report. Another officer who assisted Besserman during the attack was also injured in the incident. He was released from the hospital shortly after the incident. Kendrick was transferred to another state prison after the attack. Besserman began working for the Department of Corrections in 2007 at SCI Creason, which is now closed. He had been working at the SCI Somerset since 2012 and became a sergeant in 2016. Kendrick was arraigned on six counts in connection with the attack prior to Besserman's death. The death penalty is now being sought. The Pennsylvania State Corrections Officers Association, the PSCOA, President Jason Bloom, issued the following statement. This officer is a hero who gave his life to protect Pennsylvania from the most violent criminals. His senseless death is a tragedy that must be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Inmates must know that any attacks on an officer will lead to the swift and certain punishment. We call on the Department of Corrections to permanently ban Timberland and other similar boots that led to the officer's most serious injuries. These boots are being used as weapons and must be removed immediately. Our thoughts and prayers with this officer's family and loved ones at this difficult time. As of this report, the boots have since been banned. Kendrick was always already serving a life sentence for a first-degree murder conviction in August of 2015 in the shooting death of Maurice Freeman a year earlier. Kendrick killed Freeman because he was playing basketball in a Pittsburgh Northview Heights. Freeman was from Arlington, and Kendrick and his friends objected to Freeman's presence in the neighborhood, according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Governor Tom Wolfe and his wife Frances shared condolences and asked the public to stand behind correctional officers who are vital to protecting public safety. From WJAC-TV, Daniel Hamburg. A community gathered to remember State Correctional Institute at Somerset Corrections officer who died after he was assaulted by an inmate. A community gathered to remember. Many correctional officers showed up in uniform from SCI Somerset and elsewhere. Somerset Borough Police blocked off part of the street directly in front of the courthouse. Dozens of candles glowed in the shadow of the Somerset County Courthouse as many bowed their heads in remembrance of Sergeant Mark Baserman. Those who knew him best and co-workers who only met him passing all say Bessemen had an impact on their lives. If something happens to one of us, it happens to everybody, Randy Shorley said. Shorley recently retired from SCI Somerset. He and Bessemen worked together, but they also grew up in the same neighborhood. He was a stickler for the rules, but Mark was a very good officer and absolutely did not deserve what he got, Shorley said. The night's vigil was organized by a group of girls 
who wanted to help friends and family cope with Bessemer's death. Their softball team manager works at SCI Laurel Highlands, and along with their coach, helped to organize the big crowd. We thought it would be relieving to the families and friends who had been suffering from this pain, and we wanted to be kind of assure them that at the end of the day, God is so good to us, and we all have each other after this loss, said Raya Harris. State Representative Carl Metzger, a Republican out of the 69th District, was in attendance as well. We have both a great community here in Somerset County, but we also have a great corrections community. And you can see that tonight, Metzger said. Everyone is coming together, and they're looking to see what we can do to make sure that this doesn't happen again. I think we need to provide those answers, and I think we need to do it correctly. Some remember Bessemer as a paramedic with the East Hills in Johnstown for two decades, and others as a correctional officer for more than a decade. Many were saddened by what happened, but a strong standing feeling standing together. I was hoping there would be a big crowd here. I was right, Shirley said. People are just awesome. It's like a big family. Today's show is dedicated to Sergeant Bessemer, but it is also dedicated to all the brave men and women out there that serve as first responders, whether they are correction officers, law enforcement officers, firefighters, or emergency services. It is also dedicated to all the brave men and women that serve in our military from the birth of our nation through today and into the future. And we dedicate to them this song, Amazing Grace. God bless each and every one. Here on Blog Talk Radio, SHR Media, the Lone Star, Daily News, 
up on YouTube, Facebook, oh, Stitcher, Spreaker, iTunes, the heck with it. Just go to the name of the show. Put a hyphen in the middle, southern-sense.com. And unfortunately, Curtis is not with us this week. He's on a book signing tour all this week. But we are blessed with the one and only vivacious and intellectual Karen Watson of, oh, good Lord, Buzz. I'm going to get this wrong. GOP Buzz or Buzz GOP? Karen, I got it backwards, I think. Karen, you with us? Karen? I see you up in the studio, Karen. I hear you in the background. Karen, can you hear me? Karen? I see her there. All right, it's going to be one of those days, guys. (laughs) Karen, can you hear me? Karen, if you have yourself muted, unmute yourself. Uh, we have no guest. Oh, yeah, it's Robert. Oh, Robert, I'm looking at the area code, and I oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I have it written down next to your name, your phone number, and I put Karen's name on it. I'm oh, sorry. Whoops. That's okay. <laughs> oh well, we're in a little bit of a transgender moment here. <laughs> sorry about. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I am just having one of those days where nothing is going right at all. So I apologize, Robert. We got with us, Robert. Let's ends better. Sure. (laughs) And if anyone could see me right now, my face is absolutely brilliant red from embarrassment. (laughs) Oh man, Robert, you're starting up a a new website called Right to Voice, uh, which is a news and media social website. Tell us about it and why did you do that? Sure. Um, the site is, again, social media news aggregation. It's primarily because I, my first, though I am in healthcare, my first love was journalism. And I am troubled by what I perceive as companies' attempts to control the news and narrative. I mean, the demonetization, the um, bearing viewpoints and algorithm changes is troubling. <clears throat> I mean, to me, the mark of any good democracy is healthy debate. And, you know, allowing one side and one side only is exceedingly troubling as a journalist. And I kept on waiting for somebody else to do this, and no one is, so I figured even though my love is, my primary job is healthcare, I should do something. I mean, my only goal is to basically give people choices. I want to present all the sides and let people pick what they want to read and what they choose to share. I mean, my opinion is you really don't know the subject matter unless you know both sides. And every single point has a plus and a minus, a pro and a con. And if you know one thing, you, you're indoctrinated. And that's not good. I mean, you need free debate, just like you need competition. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, no one else did it, so I figure I'd give it a try. Well, there because, are some I mean, other websites. Some other people have started to try them. Uh, Gab was one of the first ones to come out right after the Facebook scandal broke. Uh, they've been trying to get themselves up and running. Um, and you also have One Way, uh, Me, We, and yours now is Right to Voice. What makes yours different than their sites? I'm not trying to push a viewpoint. I'm trying to present all the viewpoints as much as I possibly can and allow the user to pick and choose what they're reading. I'm trying to give control as much as possible to the user. 
it's yes, it's social media, but it's also news. And I don't think anyone's trying to capture all the news. I mean, there's a lot of like news feeds, but who gives people control on what feed they get and on you know what they read? And that's that's what I think makes me different. I don't think anyone's trying to capture everybody and giving the user the power to make the change of what they see, what's coming to them, and what they read. Now, this is interesting. Now, how do you how do you decide which news feeds do? Because there's, you've got massive news feeds all across the globe. So how do you how do you choose your focus? Well, you're right. Obviously, I can't do everything, but basically, I have three people helping me with content. I you know basically one person picks one side, another picks another side, and they pick like the best and most unique. And then someone else is looking for basically um, obscure news and also anti-narrative news. So, I mean, we're really trying to cover all the viewpoints. Maybe we can't cover every site because that's impossible. But, you know, we're trying to be as diverse as three people possibly can be. And you're right. But, you know, it's impossible to get all the sides. But we're making an effort, and I think a lot more than everyone else is. So, it's, well, you know, whoever is most interesting. I'm sorry. I was going to say, then, how do you vet out what is fake news and what is actual legitimate news? Are you, like, cross-sourcing or what? Uh, we're, as much as possible. Um, we're, I mean, we try to stay with legitimate sites. And a lot of times it isn't necessarily fake news but lies by omission. You know, I mean, if you're just covering one side, you're not really lying, but you're choosing not to tell the other side or the negative of an opinion. I mean, like Daily Caller, I mean, I can go through all the names legitimate sites that do their own vetting. But still, if you do a Google search on a particular issue, it won't come up. But, you know, here is, you know, Vox, here's Slate, here is Breitbart. I mean, they're all there. All the major ones are there. It's just a question of, you know, what do you want to read? And, and like I so said, we focus on basically trying to cover as much as possible all the sides. I mean, because everything has a plus and minus. Immigration, there's a plus to it. There's a minus to it. I mean, we honestly vet as much as possible. If we think a news site is completely lying to us, we don't use them. But, you know, a lot of it is, you know, which side you're focusing on and um, what point of view they have as opposed to being like a lie or not a lie. And, again, most lies are – I mean, most of it's lies by omission. They're not covering. And that's, to me, the biggest chunk of it. You know, what doesn't make news? And, you know, now, what it, does? Now, this has got to be a very expensive endeavor. It, it, yes. My wife thinks it's very expensive. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, A, it's also, you know, what kind of, you know, environment are my children going to inherit? You know, it's like, will they, you know, will they have, you know, the same freedoms and economic opportunities? Like the push towards socialism. That's very worrisome towards me. The attacks on free speech on college campuses is very worrisome to me. I mean, it matters greatly on what kind of future and what kind of opportunities my kids have. So, yeah, it's not cheap, but, I mean, if no one does anything, what's the old adage? It's the silence of good people that allows evil to continue. And I'm not saying the opposition is evil, but I'm saying trying to silence other people trying to control the narrative, nothing good is going to come out of it. So, yeah, it's worth it to me. So, 
So now you have a GoFundMe account going up there now for people to help yes, you? Yes, I do. Yes. And yes, All right. we and do. On the GoFundMe, it's titled Right to the the number two, Right to Voice as one word, News and Social Media. And those who are listening in to the, uh, the podcast here, if they look at the show description, they'll see in the description of you, Robert, there is a link directly to the GoFundMe. And it's easy to get to your website, which is Right to Voice, using the number two, righttovoice.com. Um, I find it interesting, and you're you're just in your growing stage. Uh, yes. You need a lot of uh, support out yes. there. But uh, yes. you point out on your GoFundMe page that Facebook is forced to back down uh, when they were permitting anti-Israel postings but not anti-Palestine postings. So... What happens if you do have someone that's in there that is um, anti-Israel and they start with crazy rants? Do you then block well, them? Or? No, that's already happened. And um, I think he eventually gave up because everyone kind of made fun of him. There's an anti-Semite, and there's no better way to say it. And, you know, I basically, he would say something, and the users would call him an anti-Semite. I mean, unless you're advocating, hey, let's kill all the Jews, no, I don't block you. Um, if you're advocating violence or something illegal, no. I mean, that's the whole point of it. I mean, to me, the, the definition hate speech is so vague, it's being used to silence other opinions. So, I mean, and that's not my goal, even though I might disagree with the person. With the old adage, I will spend the rest of my life arguing for the right for you to say something. I will spend the rest of my life disagreeing against. I mean, that's it. So, yeah, we've already had plenty of people like that. And um, I don't block them unless it's, like, really violent or illegal, of course. Well, what type of people are starting to gravitate to your to your site? Do you find that you're having more libertarians, more conservatives? Are you finding a lot of progressives joining the site? What, what's the trend you see coming up? Primarily uh, um, – Libertarians and conservatives, people being censored, basically. To me, my 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 target audience isn't conservatives as much as it's people that don't trust the news. I mean, the conservatives are to me the low hanging fruit of that. Who's getting um, censored? That whose viewpoints are being depressed. But you know, it should be for everybody. Competition is what keep, keeps people honest. I mean, do you really want like? One group, like the Southern Poverty Law Center, controlling what Google censors. I mean, what Google puts out, what Facebook puts out, what Twitter puts out. I mean, <clears throat> as much as I like a certain group, I would never want them controlling one thing. I mean, it's a recipe for abuse. So, yeah, I mean, my goal is for the people that don't trust news to have some competition to at least keep the other people honest. I mean, yeah, I mean. I, I welcome everybody. I understand liberals might not have an incentive to join, but, I mean, it's for everybody. But, yeah, the people most interested are the people being suppressed and the people whose viewpoints are being censored. Wow. Because, you know, from your GoFundMe page, when you p- point out the collusion between Mark Zuckerberg and Angela Merkel, the uh, German chancellor, that is amazing, where you have a government actually colluding in uh, social media that's available worldwide, but to suppress messages worldwide. Yeah. I have to say when I started this, I thought maybe there was a teeny bit of a, like a deep state and a teeny bit of like news depression. 
I didn't realize how bad it was until I really started this in researching. I mean, it, there really is a deep state. There really is an attempt to control news. I mean, it, it's really dangerous, and most people are, have no idea. I mean, they have no idea. And this doesn't end well. I did not realize how bad it was until I started this. It really is frightening as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and also, you know, all the social media websites are now saying they're going to uh, clamp down on fake news. Now, how do you determine what is fake news? Now, since the birth of man, we've had gossips and rumors. How do you mm-hmm. suppress gossip and rumor, and how do you label something fake news where it could be even politically motivated? For example, yeah, you under- about your website, yeah. and someone may deem this broadcast fake news. Yep, 100%. It's absolutely a, an attempt to control the narrative. I don't believe for a second there's any other agenda besides uh, controlling the narrative. I can't remember what political um, – I think it was MSNBC that basically said, hey, this is going to hurt the Republicans. Um, he was happy about it. I mean occasionally the mask slips off. They're out to promote things that help the Democratic Party. It's as simple as that. And I'm a journalist. I've been, you know, I did this for a living once. They're not honest anymore. I think the, the industry has died as far as being objective. So, yeah, I mean, is there fake news? Sure. But I think the uh, – I'd rather the consumer figure that out as opposed to some all-powerful organization. It's the price of freedom as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, because, I mean, it, Facebook is, is a social media website, but yet someone had photoshopped a picture of the Obamas wearing Che Guevara shirts, and they removed the Photoshop. But that, that's, that's a public opinion. That is a, an mm-hmm. open opinion preserved under our First Amendment, our freedom of speech. So what if you don't happen to like the picture we posted, then don't look at the page. Go to someone yep. else's page that is more to your liking. <laughs> but yep. allow don't don't tamp on my freedom of speech, which is what you're basically saying with your website. You're allowing people to post whatever they choose, provided it is not destructive. Yes, and 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 that's how it works. I mean, you have the right to be offensive, you have the right to be annoying, you have the right to be wrong, because otherwise you don't have freedom of speech, you don't have freedom of religion, you don't have democracy. It it's as simple as that, and controlling it makes it too easy. To abuse your powers. I mean, um, the guy in um, England that just got jailed, Tommy, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's not Tommy making any, yeah, thank you. It's not making any headlines in the regular news. You know, I mean, don't, by picking what people focus on, you're, cha- you're obviously controlling how people think, you're obviously controlling how people vote. That's the whole goal. I mean, there's so much stuff that doesn't get covered. That's the problem. There's an agenda behind it. And I care that you just know both sides. That's it. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because um, I was watching Fox News before coming on air here, and everyone is uh, talking about uh, the Supreme Court decision on immigration, and yet they are ignoring everything else that went on in the Supreme Court today. Everyone is focusing on just this one immigration issue, but yet they made a landmark decision in, in dealing with pro-choice, pro-life and pro-choice. Um, they turned around and said a pharmacist, if he feels it violates his religious belief, does not have to dispense abortion uh, pills. 
that is a huge, huge decision here. Mm-hmm. And and no yep. one's talking about that because it's such it's easier to get people riled up over immigration and get people angry than it is to talk about the right to life. Yes. I mean, somebody remarked, I don't remember the channel, that you know, that they were denying uh, alien, basically immigrants due process. And that's absurd. Somebody who doesn't have a citizen, doesn't, uh, somebody who's not a citizen doesn't have any constitutional rights. Now they're making up stuff that, that's not true. I mean, <laughs> it's more than just lies by omission. It's, you know, the Overton window. They're pushing things that really was never the case before. You know, and and it's trying to change how people think. It's trying to change the culture. It's trying to change the laws. It's yes, it's it's very very disturbing and not how journalism was when I grew up. You should have both sides. The reader makes it their decision, and it's never the case anymore. Yeah. Well, uh, since we have an alternative access to media here, uh, this is the new wave that we have, and your website would be part of that new wave. Uh, we've got mm-hmm. several people in the chat room that are hosts also of their own shows, and we have all been talking about Tommy Robinson and about the trial going on over there. And we are not bound by the laws in England on what our speech is, and yet the media would have us quiet because we mm-hmm. are telling the truth. It was alternative media that got uh, Fast and Furious exposed. Uh, yep. A lot of things have been exposed because of the alternative media, such as your website and shows like such as this. Mm-hmm. And the thing for me, like Ian, I I rarely post if never. My only goal is to take what other people are doing and making it accessible. I mean, that's really my only goal. And you know, I wouldn't mind making a dollar out of it, but it is really giving alternative news a fair platform. You know, to try to put it on the same platform as everybody else and let the better idea win you know and honestly i think if your idea is great it will win take some competition but no i think they don't want to do it because they know they'll lose in the end like trump's economic success they're not going to talk about it why it makes them look bad what do they have to talk about they have nothing so they make it up they're making news now they're creating crises and that's even worse in line by emission. It's a very well, dangerous yeah. precedent. It is, it is. And the sad result is is what we're seeing now happening in the public where people with a conservative voice, a conservative message, are being accosted in public. You have uh, Kristen Nielsen was a, a, mm-hmm. in your face in a restaurant. Um, you had uh, Sarah Sanders. Uh, where she and her husband left, and her family went to another restaurant across the street, and they pursued her family across the street. The owner of the restaurant that just evicted her pursued her family and accosted her family. It, it, it has gotten to the point where I fear that there may be some violence and some real tragedy soon unless we can get a true message out there and maybe calm things down. Yeah, and, and part of it is is, is publicizing what's happening. I think if the average person was aware of that and aware of the massive double standard, it wouldn't happen. I mean, it's like, you know, you can force somebody to bake a cake even though it's against their beliefs, but <laughs> it's okay to not serve somebody because they're – I mean, dude, it's, you're not even trying to be fair. It's a blatant double standard. 
and the average person will see that if it's presented that way, and the average person would be bothered if they were aware of it. But again, it doesn't make the news. I mean, no, no. one, no, yeah, it's it's very dangerous, and people would recognize it. Most people. Uh, most people. <laughs> yes. Well, do you limit the size of the posting? No, ma'am. Um, I think there might be some small file limits of like videos, but it, n- no, no. I'm sorry. There's a small file limit on pictures, but it has to be like a massive, massive picture. So not no. All right. Now you allow people to uh, video podcast on your site, or is that something you're going to look at down the road? We are. Uh, well, actually, since we link to YouTube very easily. We do have that feature via YouTube, but we're also looking at have it in-house down the road very, very soon. Just a question like bandwidth issues and money, but yeah. You know, this is a very um, – this is version A of the site. In no means is this going to be the final version. We're constantly trying to improve it, and it depends on, you know, funding and, and just time. You know, we're competing against billion-dollar industries. <laughs> and um, you know, but you know, to me, I, what I would like to impress on the uh, readers is conservatives and other people have to work together. I think the Democrats do a much better job of being unified on purpose and message. And I think if the opposition doesn't learn from that, they might lose. I mean, because you don't work together, it's really easy to take you out. I mean, we're all fighting the same battle. And um, well, I'm sorry. How are you getting How are you getting the word out about your website? You know, how can people find you? Are you having problems having yourself listed in search engines, or how is yes. this going about that you getting the word out? Well, obviously, I don't trust Google algorithms as they've already been abused. Right now, it's primarily, um, you know, like podcast. It's primarily, you know, a radio uh, station interviews. Um, we're going to, we just started a big ad buy, but, you know, we're all pretty much blue-collar people, so we don't have tons of money to spend. But it's, it's primarily networking and word of mouth until we can afford a huge ad buy on a, on a major player. But, I mean, those things take time. Naturally, I would, you know, I could pay for search optimization, but I don't necessarily trust the fairness of the search engines. So I'm trying for alternative measures to get the word out. Oh, that's interesting. Now, how many people do you have working with you? Uh, four. Uh, four right. people. And, oh, I'm sorry, I'm battling with the cat behind my chair. My cat puppy decided to uh, perch on the back of my chair and attack me. So just forgive me on that one. It's just one of those days where nothing is going right, i got to say. But it, it is an interesting concept, you know, the right to voice uh, where your news and social mm-hmm. network. And um, when did you start this? We, it launched, that site launched in May. I had a basic practice site that I bought last year to see if anyone was interested. And some people were. And, hey, I decided, hey, I have a good concept here. But then I needed something I could expand. And that's all coding. So the proper site, the site that you see now, was launched in March. You know, I'm trying to have an app come out pretty soon, and uh, we're constantly trying to expand it. 
So, so right now you, you're only available uh, if you're using a computer web browser? Yes. But then that should be out. That's on um, all three major systems, hopefully as early as next week. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. So hopefully. what is your goal in the GoFundMe? What is it that you need to get this up and running completely? Um, gosh, honestly, only like five grand would make the world of a difference. I mean, just to, you know, finish some of the coding work and a major ad campaign. I mean, I hate to say it, it, it takes money to make money. And um, when the key players aren't necessarily your political friend, you have to find alternative methods, and that oftentimes is – you know, buying ads on friendly networks. So yeah, five grand at least would even make a huge difference in, in for our company. We don't need a lot. It's primarily <laughs> time and hard work and a lot of love. It <laughs> sounds like it. It sounds like a lot of love on this one. You know, how much time do you spend a day on this? Is this something you do full time, or do you have another job? I do have a full time job. And I, I work in healthcare still. I'm a director there, and it keeps me busy. And I have three young kids, so here we're going to have to do a shout-out to my wife for helping me with a lot of the house and kid work to give me the time to do this. Because, you know, I mean, two or three hours a night, sometimes more. And, um, I mean, if it was easy, you know, it would have been done by now. And, um, but if it matters, you've got to try anyway. So sometimes three, sometimes more on the weekends. I might spend the entire day, depending on how my um, family and home situation is. But you got to start somewhere. And hoping that eventually I'll be able to partner with somebody with a bit more resources so we can make a difference. Because the, the opposition isn't going to change until they're made to change. And the only way to do that is to threaten them. And I don't mean that physically. I don't mean that violently. I mean – Business-wise, if you have competition, you're more likely to follow the rules. I mean, they're giving no, away because they can. Well, that. I know some, some of these social ne- uh, networking sites have decided also to make themselves publicly traded. Have you looked at that going down the road, or are you just going to try to get it started up and then see where it takes you? Well, I didn't really think that anyone would care to our certain levels. That is an option. And... Um, but, I mean, I, I think I would need to reach certain levels as far as, you know, income and as far as um, the viewership went until I bothered to do that path. I mean, you really – I want to, A, get in the right direction. I don't want it just starting and someone else take it over and it be something different. I mean, the whole point of this is to be opposition and to empower people as opposed to control people. So it's also meeting the right investor and meeting the right people because not everyone – it's going to be okay with that. You know, mm-hmm. not everyone <laughs> wants to empower the people. Not everybody yeah, wants we, both sides. Well, can people take ads out on your thing? Oh, sure, yes. That would be awesome, yes. We you know, right now we do have ads on, but, yes, we will be happy to take, um, sure, personal ads, absolutely, yes. And. Give me an idea of what an ad would, would run. Right now, because we're a, again, a startup, you know, as little as like 50 bucks a month. 
right now, I mean, and it and it depends on how often you would want it to run. Something like every single day, a hundred. You know, but you know, we're a startup, and we're also, like I said, we're out just to expand, as opposed to make tons and tons of money. So we're willing to work with people, and we're willing to work with people, especially who have the same cause. You know, mm. we're pretty open. Well, I, I see I've got a full chat room over here. Just want to let people know if they want to call in and ask a question of our guest, Robert Farrell, with the startup social website, righttovoice.com, uh, feel free to call in. The call-in number is 917-889-3675. I'll put that up in the chat room also in case someone wants to call in. And I have to apologize. My co-host um, is doing a book signing tour, and my guest co-host has not shown up yet, so I'm winging uh, this a little bit on a wing and a prayer. Um, so, guys, feel free to call in, 917-889-3675. And I do see some people in the studio, so just press 1, and that way I know that you want to ask a question. Um, and we have someone in the chat room that had his own website up. He used to charge 50 bucks a week for a small ad, and that's uh, Golf Dogs in the chat room. So it. That's interesting that he was able to charge that much and have ads on there. And you're starting off small. You're just saying fifty bucks for a month, which is well, interesting. Well, maybe okay. <laughs> you know, maybe um, maybe I'm being cheap, but yeah, it's right now just covering costs and expanding. And one final thing to add too. I mean, we're all we're looking for help too. It, again, we're all fighting the same cause, and you know, I'm willing to work with anybody that believes in what I'm trying to do. Because again, as as much as fighting for free speech and freedom of expression and then on different news sources as just making money. So, yeah, if anybody has great ideas or wants to help, I would love to hear them because we're all on the same side. Um, now, you're saying that you're reposting the news feeds. Do you also have people that contribute as writers also, as reporters, writers, opinion uh, makers, what? Yes, we actually have a blog spot and a forum. And yes, we would. Um, yeah, we're looking for original writers to generate content. My only goal is to eventually, if I have a writer, to eventually have both sides. So if I get a conservative, I would like to even have to hire, <laughs> you know, a liberal. So yeah, but yes, absolutely. Mm, it's interesting because I know there uh, on Sundays in my local paper they would put out an issue, and then they would have someone write pro on one side and con on the other. And the reader can then read both and, you mm -hmm. know, choose between the two. So basically that's what you're doing. Yeah. I don't, I'm aging myself, but if anybody remembers Crossfire, I love that show. And they don't do that stuff anymore. At least I don't think they do a good job. I mean, they'll spend like an hour in detail on a subject and you learn so much. You know, it's not like a 30-second bumper stickers feel. And that's what I feel like the news has become. Yeah, you know, it, it really gets me, it gets me because you yeah. can delve into a subject deeply uh, if you mm -hmm. take more than just five minutes. And yes. um, I've, I've had some guests on here that have also been up on Fox News, and I will give them 45 minutes to an hour, and yet when you watch them on Fox News, you've got a 30-second soundbite, which usually mm -hmm. breaks down to. And how can you learn about the issue and the truth that's going on on an issue if it's only 30 seconds or even five minutes? It's not Absolutely. enough time. One of my favorite examples, uh, I took a history class, and the first day was Hiroshima. And he started out with basically getting a poll 
hey, who thought dropping the bomb was bad? Who started dropping, you know, half the class thought it was bad, half the class thought it was good. Then we basically spent three days going through all the alternatives. You know, if we would have did nothing, this would have happened. We invaded, this would have happened. And then you realize no matter what happened, people died. And then people weren't so thrilled to give their opinion anymore. I mean, it's basically they raised their hand because they had no idea what they were really talking about. If we didn't invade, Japan would still kill Chinese. If we invaded, we'd kill civilians. We dropped the bomb, we'd kill civilians. There's not a happy rainbow picture. And the media presents opinions with, with and, and subjects without any pluses or minuses. It's not a real choice they're giving you. It's, you're not really making a decision. It's is indoctrination because you, you don't know the pluses and minuses of any argument, and I hate that the news is becoming that. All right, we it's got a question in the chat room. We've got a question in the chat room here. Sure. Um, our friend Kel, she has her own radio show, Red Fox Radio, and she also works with Global Patriot Radio. And her question is, is what if your website attracts someone like a jihadist or an Antifa or Black Lives Matter? Are you considering them an opposing opinion, or are you considering them a terrorist organization? Well, I don't view Black Lives Matter as a terrorist organization, but I would view Hamas or Hezbollah. I mean, it's really simple. If you're advocating killing people, you're a terrorist organization. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I would have – if I didn't know, I'd research, you know. But, um, yes, if it's al-Qaeda, Hamas, or Hezbollah, and your stated goal is the destruction of Israel – you're not. Yeah, I'm. I'm, clearly, I'm banning you. You know, and um, if it was a radical person that advocated, hey, let's kill all the cops. Yes, I'm banning you. So it, it depends on your stated your goal, your goal of your organization, and what you say and do. I mean, well, other than that, no. Well, we do find that groups such as Antifa and jihadists. Uh, use social networks to recruit. Have you found any attempt to use your website to recruit? No, but I mean, I expect that to come. And how I would proceed is basically if you're advocating violence, then I would ban it. If you're just trying to, I mean, I mean to me, I don't want to make a blanket statement. It's a case-by-case basis. Banning should be the last thing because it's too easily done to control news. If, it's, if I find that there's violent content, you're advocating violence, yes. Otherwise, no. Because if I ban... People I don't like, I'm no better than them. All right. Um, anyone else got a question there in the chat room? And Kel, always sure. for you, sweetheart, at any time I'll be happy to take your questions. Um, again, phone number is 917-889-3675 if you have a question for our guest, Robert Farrell, and his new social website, uh, which is righttovoice.com. Please uh, feel free to call in. Again, I have... I, I normally have a co-host that I play off of, and unfortunately she's MIA, missing in action. She had a, a prayer service she was going to, so she may be caught in traffic and hung up in that. Um, but it, it's a terrific idea to have an alternative social network that doesn't ban freedom of speech, um, which is great. And I'm glad that conservatives are able to find an outlet in which to have their voice heard. Um, sometimes... I find that I'm shadow banned in several other different uh, web pages. Did you find yourself being shadow banned? Yes. I'm pr- I think pretty much any vocal person has at this point, but yes, absolutely. 
And and the worst part, you don't even know it. <laughs> so yeah, and I'm not so, surprised anymore. So now, when you do ban or block someone, do you tell them first or notify them that they have been and why? Yes. Yes, and I've only had to do it again like twice, but you know, basically, the guy was like having pictures of people being lynched. Said no, that comes down on your ban, and he didn't. So, yes, they're warned. And it's a last resort. So, absolutely. I'm I have plenty at, of people I'm that looking... get on my nerves, but it's, it's you know, it's a last resort, and it's going to be treated as such, always. Well, we have a comment in the chat room from our friend Ornery. Um, he wrote that an organized group disrupts traffic and commerce and damages property and threatens or beats up innocent citizens in an orchestrated widespread basis, they are a terrorist organization. you got to consider that what has been going on lately, uh, where we had uh, Christian Nielsen was you know, assaulted, not physically assaulted, but harassed in a public restaurant. Uh, you had Sarah Sanders, uh, her, her and her family, uh, being chased. They picketed outside of Nielsen's home on her front lawn. Uh, these are organized groups that are now doing this. Are you finding any sort of an attack coming on your website in this manner, or have you been threatened or anything? No, but I expect to, and I do understand that point of view. Um, you know, and there are people that do that. It's just, to me, I'm trying to fight the one battle that, that I don't think anyone else is trying to fight, just information as, in a fair manner where everyone, where people choose. Because a lot of people might be turned off if you're labeled a conservative or Republican or blah, blah, blah. But in, and I find a lot of people that like the idea, but the moment they hear a label associated with it, they're turned off. And, you know, I mean, I think our ideas work. I think our, our viewpoints work. But, you know, the label has been successfully demonized. So I, I, I'm making an effort to be as fair as possible, even to the point where, yeah, I know things happen but I'm doing my best not to be in a group so I can stay as neutral as possible so people are willing to look at both sides so people don't think you have an agenda. And so, yeah, it's going to happen eventually, but I'm working as hard as I can to not treat people the same. Then I'm no better, and I'm just as partisan. Well, you know, I, I think people are afraid to own up to who and what they are and what they believe in in today's day and age. You know, a lot of us are afraid to even have a Trump bumper sticker for fear of someone vandalizing our cars. Um, I, I think that's wrong. We should be able to have a free and open discourse without fear of harm. But it's gotten to the point where there is a fear of harm, a very real fear of harm. You know, and this is this is... A shameful thing, unfortunately. But someone like you, I think, takes a lot of guts to be able to put something like this up out there. And I've been on your website, and I like it, the right to voice dot com. And I hope other people listening in will start to join in, and let's get a free, open discourse, and let's <laughs> put the fists away for here for now. Yeah, and and yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, there's so many people that don't bother to know the other side, that basically, well, here's the other side, and they're evil. And that's as far as it goes. A, the country would be a lot better if people know both sides. And, again, nothing comes good out of this. It's 
Yeah, it's, and if you're not afraid to stand up for it, you're going to lose it. Yes, I'm worried about some of the consequences, but if no one does anything, they're going to win. And, again, it won't end well. No, that's, that's the you unfortunate know. thing. That is the unfortunate thing. And uh, we're running about out of time, and I'm waiting for my next guest to, to call in, and hopefully he'll be on the phone very shortly. I want to remind people that we have uh, primaries going on today in South Carolina and uh, New York. So if you're in either one of those states and you're a registered voter, uh, please get out there and vote and get your voice heard. Um, so just sending a message to our next guest to make sure he shows up. Um, and hopefully he will be. Anyway, uh, we do have a call question in from a former co-host of ours, Cool Mike. Cool Mike, good afternoon. How are you today? I'm great, Annie. Thank you for taking my call. Two questions to follow up with your guest. Um, number one, uh, you've kind of given a good good synopsis of where you are right now. Um, at what point, what was like the breaking point where you said, you know what, I'm going to do this? Um, and a follow-up to that question, where do you see your site, um, say, if if the right things happen? Where do you see your site one year from today? Uh, the breaking point was the ignoring of obvious scandals during the Obama administration and obviously the abuse Trump got, the unfairness of his coverage, just in- <laughs> motivated me more. You know, I mean, it's nice to say, hey, one day I'll be a billionaire, but it's not even that. It's just I hope in a year or two that, you know, there's enough people that can make choices and empower themselves to look at any news site that they want that the other news sites start being fair. You know, and, you know, it's, again, all of me, my pain, all about control. I hope a year or two I get enough support or, you know, maybe run into a great partner of some resources where we can actually make an impact in the world of technology, in the world of media, where Google, Facebook, and Twitter pays attention. Because they're not going to do it on their own. And, and, you know, that's it for me, you know, to make them behave. Because they're not going to do it Although, if no one threatens their business model, if no one threatens their perks and their status. So, well, Mike, any other questions? Because you always have a ton of them. Well, <laughs> I, I I admire it. I think it's uh, uh you know we had a a while back, Annie, we had a guest, and she had a site where you could go and uh, basically all over you could click and find out the voting record of every elected official, and it was sad that that you know you got to have funding. you got to have people to help support that, yep. and it just didn't happen. But, I mean, I think it, it's, it was, it's a great idea, as is yours. Uh, people need alternatives, um, really, to the alternatives. I mean, many of us here, we like Fox News because why? Well, they kind of lean conservative, but they also can basically lean conservative. So, I mean, you need a good perspective on uh, – or an all-around perspective on things, and I really like that. Yeah, and like you said, you know, we are looking for funding and we are looking for partners and resources. We're a bunch of blue-collar people trying to fight Google and billion-dollar, um, you know, investors. So any help we can get, we appreciate it. Because, I mean, this is for everyone's future. And it's hard doing it on your own. So, yeah, 
we would any help or ideas, we would love them. Well, Mike, if you can, did Mike call? Oh, Mike's called dropped. All right, Robert, uh, I want to thank you for joining us. I'm telling everyone to check out thank the you. website, righttovoice.com. It's a new up-and-coming news and social media website, and uh, good luck on that. And you'll see me up there every now and then. And thank you, and I appreciate your time, and um, it's, you know, good luck to you and all your listeners because, you know, we're going to have a lot of difficult roads ahead. But, you know, I think, you know, we have the right ideas, and I think we'll persevere. Well, good luck on it. All right. Thank you, and have a good Thanks. one. All right. Bye-bye. Robert Barrow, check out his website, righttovoice.com, a new up-and-coming news and social network out there. Bring on our next guest. And, hey, we don't want the dogs on the show, Burgess, just you. <laughs> good afternoon, Hi, Burgess Owens. How are you doing today? I am doing great and looking forward to chatting with you for sure. Oh, man. We were supposed to have Karen Watson with us, and she went to a prayer meeting before coming on to the show, and she's MIA. So it's just me and you. <laughs> That's it. Well, I look I, I look forward to it, and uh, I'm sure we have a lot of good topical things that I always would love for, to, to hear us, us discussing. So I had a chance to, to listen in on your show last uh, last Friday, I think it was. really enjoyed it. So, again, looking forward to it, Annie, for sure. Oh, great. I appreciate it. I just want to mention to the listeners um, – about a couple, about a week or two ago, we had Katie Arrington on the show, and she was the challenger in the primary against Mark Sanford, and she won. And unfortunately, on Friday afternoon, Friday evening, actually, she was traveling from the Myrtle Beach area going to um, Hilton Head for an award, and she was in a very bad car accident. She is in the hospital. She's been undergoing surgery, and the woman that was driving her, Jackie Joff, was also seriously injured. They're both in critical condition. They expect her to make a full recovery, just to let you know. She should be in the hospital for about two weeks, but she is not dropping out of the race, and she is going forward. This woman has the strength of a lion. Amazing. So just to let everyone know what is going on with my friend Katie Arrington. So all prayers are welcome. <laughs> so that's that's the news of the day. There's so much more to talk about. Holy cow. The attacks that we're seeing coming on conservatives and members of Trump's staff and cabinet is unbelievable. It, it is. Well, Annie, um, and just, just as a real quick, big, uh, uh, quick backdrop, I grew up in the Deep South in the 60s and 70s. Came out of the University of Miami and uh, played in the NFL back when when the doors were just opening up for black players to begin. So I have some perspective in terms of what discrimination looks like. And what we have to understand, and at the end of the day, we are truly fighting for the heart and soul of our nation. Uh, we, the Judeo-Christian values has made us the greatest country in the history of mankind that allows us to every single generation to get better and better at seeing each other inside out versus outside in. That is what's made our country great, and we're, we're up against socialists, Marxists, and atheists. They, they're under the guise of Democrats. And for those who are in the Democratic Party, look around and see the kind of people you're associating with. These are bullies and cowards. They don't want to sit down and talk. They don't want to find solutions. They don't want to have a civil debate. They want to bully you and, 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 and make you shut up by uh, intimidation. So that's not, that's not our country. That's the, that's the way the Marxists have always ruled in every country around the world that you see them in. That's what they do. So, so know that, that uh, what we're seeing is what's called desperation. When all of a sudden the leftists realize that they're about to leave, lose power, 
because our president is getting the job done and we have our country is waking up. And I'm so proud of our, our nation. Blacks and whites, Christian and Jews, it doesn't matter what our background is, we're beginning to see that it is a country uh, that looks after its own people, that makes it great for every person that comes here to become an American, that makes us this shining light. And that's what we're getting back to. Thank goodness of a president who could care less about PC. And in the process of doing that, we're going to find for all Americans, legal Americans who want to come here, love our country, love each other, that this is going to be a place that we, we want to, uh, to be proud of and, be, and, 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 and point that we are proud to be Americans, say the least. Well, I do have my guest co-host has shown up, Karen Watson. Good afternoon, Karen. How are you today? Good afternoon. I'm great. How are y'all? Hi, Karen. Um, How are you doing? We're, wait, we're waiting for you. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait no longer. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. We'll get in your voice for sure. You know, uh, they were talking about uh, the SCOTUS, the Supreme Court decision on uh, Trump's travel ban, the uh, immigration ban, uh, the visa ban, whatever you want to call it. Common sense prevails, right? Common sense. Yes. Yes. And I, I happened to pick up my AMAC magazine, and people who don't know, it's the Association of Mature American Citizens. It is the conservative version of AARP. They do not support mm. Obamacare. <laughs> and as I'm yeah. flipping through it, just before coming on the show, I came across an article written by Cole P. Zale, and it's titled Solidarity, Identity, and the American Dream, a discussion on immigration. And then he quotes huh. a poem that's on the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty. And everyone quotes the poem and saying, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these homeless, templates toss to me. But no one ever says the last line. And I think this is pivotal huh. to this debate. The last line is, I lift my lamp beside the golden door. So in other words, there's a pathway. There is a way in yes. which you enter the country. So you have to go through this door, this pathway. And there's a light by the door. So you can see it and you can understand the pathway. But right. the light is there for us to see who is coming in. In that one line, that is Trump's immigration policy. Yeah. Well, well no, it's also it common sense. You know, no one lets someone break. If you, if you just showed up at your house and they just came in, didn't even knock on the door, you would call it a, a breaking and entry, you know. And that is what we understand personally. Well, we understand that. And so it is not to say if someone knocked on the door, they said, this is who I am, I am the Avon lady, or the Mary Kay lady, may I come in, then you can decide, well, you know, I really don't need Mary Kay right now, so I am not in a position to allow you to come in. Everyone has the right to deny to their own to their own domicile. And we have that right as a nation as well, especially when we have uh, people who have come to our our border without asking, with not, without requesting permission, and many who have harmed the citizens in this country. You know, while everyone was crying about the children that were put in, you know, shelters, no one cried for Kate Steinle. And no one was saying, oh, my goodness, for that young girl to have been murdered by an illegal alien – 
that let's just cry the crocodile tears for her. Where was you know where were those tears then? So it's just so disingenuous that people are so upset about it when you know their their humanity only covers as far as their politics does, and that's ridiculous. Well, if I could, if I could just say real quickly, um, you, you know the, the problem that we we have to remember when we talk with the left, uh, we we try to use logic, we try to use common sense, but that's not really what they're after. They're not trying to no. um, find answers, and that's what I understand about leftists. Leftists, globalists, uh, Marxists—they're uh, not about trying to improve our nation. They're trying to reform it to something that they believe right. that they can control and oversee. So if you understand that, then sometimes we can kind of save our breath in terms of trying to convince because we're not going to get into debate. Remember what these guys do. Uh, matter of fact, I, I grew up down, I beat down South. If you guys remember the movie, remember, remember the Titans. That was the era I grew up in. Um, I remember being, being surrounded by um, uh, uh, four black guys, surrounded by a team of, 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 of white players who demanded that we were going to be pushed out in two weeks. Uh, they bullied they try to, to, to make their point. That is actually what we're looking at uh, with these guys. Uh, they, don't, they don't have a civil conversation because they know that uh, they can't win in that faction. So uh, this is what we're up against. If we do that, then, then we'll win this fight uh, against these guys for sure. Yeah, it is. It, it's a humongous bullying. And if you watch the video of poor Kristen Nielsen in that restaurant, my heart just broke for her. And then you looked at the situation with uh, Sarah Sanders, in that restaurant, I, the owner turns around and has her staff a vote to decide whether or not this family is going to be served. That is insane. Had I been, When I was a waitress, if I did that to my boss, I would have been out the door so fast. And then she then well, pursued the family across the street. What audacity. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And, and I think she's now complaining that uh, she's losing her, her business. Uh, one thing that uh, left us... You know, I, I use the term use, abuse, and discard, and that's what they do very, very well at. Uh, at the end of the day, we have in California, uh, this last year, 75% of the black boys in the state of California cannot pass standard reading and writing tests. These are kids. Are you use, serious? Abuse. That's exactly. And you know what's interesting? You're one of the first to respond that way. When I say this, the sad thing is that most Americans accept it as gospel. They accept there's nothing wrong with that many kids. 75% of black boys cannot read and write. And guess where they're going to go? They're going to go into crime. They can't, they can't have a conversation like you and I having right now because they're not been educated to think critically. They're going to be little Marxists because they're going to be angry at everybody because that's what the leftist does. They do not want to educate our kids. They don't want to educate us. They want us to, uh, to be like little women, be angry, uh, go out and, and destroy, uh, discard, hurt other people. Of course, they stand on the, up, they stand on the outside on, their, on their, 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 their special level and watch everybody that does this and pay the price for them. And that's what we have to understand for these guys. Corker, called a booker, uh, Maxine Waters, as they tell everybody to go out there and, and protest and give me a face, keep in mind, these elitists don't do that. They stand on the sideline and watch people hurt themselves and hurt others while they push this agenda of hate. That's what leftists do, and we need to get those guys out of office so we can move our country forward and become great again, once again, for sure. You know, when Absolutely. Maxine Waters said that, I was I was flabbergasted when I heard her say that. You know, to to push them, and she was basically advocating violence without directly <laughs> saying it. 
she was inferring it in her statement. And then instead of, you know, apologizing, she doubles down the next day. And you have someone like Chuck, Chuck Schumer, and I am no fan of him, and rightly so, he called her out. So I think some people on the left, the Democratic parties, are starting to see the disingenuousness of this, this hypocrisy. Well, Maxine Waters is is worried about losing her validity. The her district has really changed. You know, she her district right now is about eighty percent Hispanic, which is a big shift in demographics for her. So she's just trying to stay. <laughs> You know, no, seriously, she's just trying to stay relevant, relevant. and yeah. you know, and that is that is sad. Her district is also hurting, you know, economically, which is so many of these these politicians who who offer no programs or policies or things that will help in you know help prosper their districts, which is what they should be involved in. That are they're just hurting. So she's just moving to the noise. And, and I, I agree totally. I was just out uh, a few weeks ago helping Omar Navarro. That's who actually went against uh, uh, Maxine Waters this time around. And if I can encourage your listeners to to support as much as you can, Omar Navarro. You're right. It's turned into a Hispanic uh, district. Uh, matter of fact, we did some door-to-door, and they were all Hispanic that we went to. And this is our chance to get her out of there. She's a very hateful and angry. Look at her face. You can tell everything about a person. She's a very angry person who's been that way for a long, long time. It shows up on her face big time. At the end of the day, uh, it's these kind of people that we have to make sure that we do not allow to continue to, uh, to uh, hurt the people that they're supporting. She lives, she lives as a multimillionaire for the people she supported has actually been damaged throughout the years. No education, no job, no hope, angry, and turning into someone like hers. We just can't allow that to happen. So we have to do our best to get uh, Omar Navarro elected. Well, you know, there's an interesting question. Some of my listeners, they're just real real cards. Uh, The question was, had you been, uh, Burgess, if you had been at that restaurant uh, and this owner, Wilkinson, had walked up to you and asked you to leave, I would try to imagine what your response would be if you looked up and go, why, because I'm black? <laughs> yeah. What would you have yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, what's interesting. Anybody else, anybody particular leftist, they would have, they would have had lawyers on that place right now suing and take, trying to take their business away. What conservatives try to do is try to be as civil and nice as we can. So we, conservatism is based on a belief in God, and that is we forgive people. We try, we, we try our best to empathize to give space, to give room, and that is what, what, what separates us. Another side is just totally, totally opposite. So uh, you're right. It would have been, she would have been met with quite a bit of different uh, response uh, for most people, uh, and I think Sarah did a great job of uh, moving on. And unfortunately, this, uh, this owner, as you mentioned, followed their family to another restaurant. That's how angry and bullying these people are, uh, intolerant. So we have to understand what we're up against, against once again. Well, you know, what's even worse is you now have a Hollywood actor, and I'm not going to give this person publicity or a name, that threatened to kidnap Sarah Sanders' children. You you have actual direct attacks on family members. You also had uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s, uh, his daughter, Chloe, someone threatened to uh, kidnap her. Uh, you had another person, um, 
Peter Fonda, saying that Barron should be ripped from his mother's arms and put in a cage with a pedophile. You know, the, the attacks that I have seen, would this ever, ever happen under Obama? I would never – you don't see that under Obama. Absolutely not. Trump. It would not happen under Obama. If it would have happened under Obama, there would have been people in jail. And, I mean, with the key thrown away – and those people would have been vilified to the nth degree. And the lack of civility by these people, that it's, it's just shameful. It is just shameful. They're still mad that they lost the election. You know, you just need to say, get over it and start supporting okay. the goals of this, of this president so that we can make America great again. What is the big deal about that? They were more upset about people who are not even here legally than the people who are here, who are Americans. It's just it's shameful. Right, if, I, if I can just bring a little different uh, insight. Uh, again, I've played in the NFL for 10 years with the Jets and Raiders, and so the last couple of years have been uh, uh, very, uh, I guess, personal to me. I remember standing on the sideline uh, during the 70s and 80s, being very, very proud of our country. cannot believe I was standing there with the opportunity to have uh, that chance to go out and perform. <laughs> And now we have uh, uh, we have an NFL that's actually because they're run by leftists are doing the exact same thing that leftists do in everything every other institution that they they oversee, whether it be the the black community, the, the man, uh, FBI, uh, the Boy Scouts, you name it. Anything that leftists take over, they end up destroying. And I'm so thankful that November 8th in 2016, the American people woke up, we stood up, and we elected a president who does not apologize for our country. We were actually at a very critical point, and today we're having a totally different conversation, guys. We're hopeful. We're excited. We're, we're, we're positive about the, the news that comes out from real news because we know our country is becoming better, and we have a president who might not say it as professionally, as uh, elitist as the other guys have done over the years, but he's getting the job done, and he's making sure that Americans know that they come first, and I love that. And I'm just excited about the, the next couple of years as we move this thing forward, keep it moving this right direction. You know, um, I was a huge NFL fan. And sorry, Burgess, I was a Green Bay Packer fan. <laughs> sorry. Figure <laughs> <laughs> okay. that from coming from New York. Yeah, anyway, right. and I knew I knew your your stuff. And my husband happened to have been a Miami Hurricane fan. And I said, come on, Yanni, you got to remember Burgess Owens. I said, Oakland Raiders Super Bowl? And he said, no. I said, come on. How come I know him? You don't. Anyway, um. <laughs> it goes back. It goes back many moons. It goes back when the Raiders just played football games. So for for those who don't have gray hair, this it might be a, a long time ago. So anyway, it was fun for sure. <laughs> anyway, um, I stopped watching football last year, and it was the second game of the season when I stopped when I saw them doing that. And I said, "Wait a minute, these guys are being paid." really good money. They live in really expensive houses, drive really expensive cars. They are treated like And they don't always take child support, too. Let's remember that on the Me Too moment, that they are notorious for being behind in child support and beating women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Little things like that. Um, but here they have, they have the best of the best at their feet. And then they have the audacity to disrespect the flag and the men and women that died defending that flag. Yeah, it, yes. To me, I said, I'm paying to watch a game. If I wanted to watch politics, I'd change the channel and watch politics. But you're taking my money, the fan, 
and enforcing a political statement when I'm paying for you to perform a job on the field. So I, since you're not performing the job, I'm firing you, I'm changing the channel, and I'm not watching. So what is wrong with that point of view? No, that is, that is spot on. If I can just uh, uh, point to that. This is what we also have to remember, and I, and I feel I really feel bad for some of these young men. Keep in mind that they've grown up the last 15, 20, 25 years of their lives in a community that's run by Marxists. Uh, they have never seen a flag. They've never said a prayer. They, 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 70% of those uh, young boys don't have fathers, so they don't understand respect of authority, respect of women, respect, period. And then they come into the NFL, and you have these elitists, you have these leftists that run most of the NFL that tell them they don't have to respect the culture either, NFL culture, or the flag. So they're doing what comes natural. And I think this is the first time some of these guys have ever had any pushback because of their status from Americans saying, we don't want, we don't want you anymore. Some of these guys are beginning to wake up, and they're realizing that they took a step too far because they recognize that they're not very popular all of a sudden with, these, with, their, uh, uh, with the fans. The problem, though, lies in the NFL. We have a commissioner who's being paid – uh, $40 million a year, 10% of that is based on, on guarantee. The other is based on growth. They're not going to get the growth in the United States because they've demeaned the American uh, uh, brand for the last three years, so they're not looking at a global stretch. They're not looking at moving elsewhere, and that's what globalists do. So realize that this is a strategy by the NFL to, to develop a much broader brand that's accepted globally, and they don't mind – using, abusing, and discarding the American fan that loves our country and these young boys who don't have a clue about what they're giving up. Years from now, when they have their, their, they're no longer famous and they're no longer rich, they're going to realize what they gave up was the greatest opportunity in their lifetime because they trusted these owners who were nothing but elitists, globalists, and leftists. And that's the problem we have today. So it's not the days of Al Davis and George, uh, uh, George Allen and, and Vince Lombardi that I grew up in. These guys who care less about our country and about our flag, they care about the billions of dollars on their television in uh, 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 they get around the world, Germany and France, and, and they're looking at it in London having a Super Bowl uh, uh, game there in the next couple, couple years. That's where they're going. So understand that, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I applaud you, and I'm with you. I haven't watched the game. Well, I watched the Super Bowl only because neither of the team were kneelers. But other than that, uh, I'm going to be, again, pulling the plug on the NFL one more, see, one more season until they fire this commissioner. You know, the, the funny part is is that here they think, you know, they're going to get the same amount of money playing on the global scale. Can you name me a single team you know on the global scale that comes anywhere near the paychecks these guys get here in the United States? I can't think of a single team. I cannot think of no. a single sport. <laughs> keep, keep in mind, keep in mind what's happened with the, with, the, the, uh, the, with the World Cup soccer. They had three million people in one game and a foreign, two foreign game, uh, uh, teams because of the TV revenue. So it's not even the success of the team. These guys, uh, the way the NFL works, each team, whether they win the Super Bowl or they're worse in the league, they share the TV revenue equally across the board. So what they're looking at is they have a contract in England, they have a contract in China, a contract in France. They're looking at that TV revenue and could care less about the players, whether they're going to make income. Uh, any of these countries, they are pocketing this stuff themselves and becoming even wealthier billionaires. That's what globalists and leftists do. They care less about patriotism. They care about their pockets. We need to make sure we hit their pockets as hard as we can this coming season that they haven't wake up. Yeah, it's, it, they're going to have a huge wake-up call. That is for sure. And a lot of people are really ticked off. But you do notice that other uh, sports now, 
especially in NASCAR, you hear them saying, thank God and thank my family. (laughs) And it it bothers the heck out of them because how dare we bring God into the public place? Isn't there a separation of church and state? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we, we have we have a president now who sees it differently than the last three or four of them, and, and this whole idea of PC and secularism, we're going to put a hard stop on that stuff. And the, the, the court decisions just today point out that we're we're coming back, guys. <laughs> we're winning this deal. We now the president can go out and and stop. Uh, I know. I just think that's country. wonderful. I'm just oh, so awesome. I was so thrilled about that. Yeah. yeah, we were talking yeah, we're, earlier we're, about the SCOTUS decision on uh, the travel ban uh, ruling in Trump's favor, saying, yes, as the executive, he has the authority to, to in, institute this ban. And he worded it where it does not reference religion at all. And you've got two countries mm-hmm. in that ban that have nothing to do with Islam, outside of you know, passing the terrorists through over to our borders. Um but there's also one that no one really talked about, and I caught it, but no one, not even Fox News, spoke about this one. A decision dealing with a pharmacist where he said, it's against my religious beliefs to dispense abortion medication. I will point you to a pharmacist that will, but I cannot do that. To me, that's murder. And they mm-hmm. agreed with him, and they sent the case back down to the court. You also had another one with the florist where they said, hey, listen. This is go. We're not going to hear this. We're sending it back to lower court, and they're going to review their decision. So that's two two good strikes in favor of freedom of religion that came out of the Supreme Court uh, yesterday today. Well, keep, keep this in mind too. The left has uh, since the '60s used the court to uh, bully preachers and people of religious faith. Uh, they 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 set these these. Uh, these parameters, if you say something in the church, they can actually take away, they strip away your rights to, to be a church. Well, President Trump, first thing he did, he's going to, he's going to start giving, giving uh, religious people, I don't care if it's Christians or whatever, the right to be who they are. That's why our country is, has always been so special, because we have the tolerance to allow people of religion to practice their religion. For those who don't, they don't. It's okay. But the minute we start becoming intolerant, which is where we're becoming the last 20, 30 years, then all of a sudden the first thing that goes is the right to, to practice and observe your God. So I'm very excited about, again, a guy who uh, he just doesn't care. He can care less about what they think. He's, uh, he's doing this for free, by the way. For those who don't know, he's not taking a paycheck at all. <laughs> Imagine that. So he's not trying to become wealthy, as the Obamas did, come in, come in as uh, poor, uh, poor people and leave multi-multi-millionaires. That's not the way uh, he's doing this. And I'm so excited about uh, all of the, 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 found, the foundational institutions that our country is based on are coming back strong. Uh, family, uh, uh, God, uh, our country, and we're going to be we're going to be uh, again the light of the, the light of the world. And people coming here will appreciate being Americans and 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 looking forward to contributing to us for sure. That's a huge amen for that one. A huge amen. You know, you had mentioned uh, Karen earlier uh, that the left is crying for the children of these illegal aliens. And I've asked this before. Why aren't they crying for the families and living homeless on the street? The children that are out there on the street. You're worrying about the Two and a half million. Yes. And a large yeah. growing of that homeless popula- population is now female vets, veterans That's right. on the street. So why are we treating someone breaking the law, breaking down our door, better than we are the person defending that door? 
Well, they don't care about those people. I mean, that's the last thing that they care about. They're not. They could care less. If they really cared about those illegal immigrant children, then they would help them come to this country legally. They're not trying to do that. They're just trying to disrupt our, you know, our nation and and take away the validity of our laws. So that's what's um, scary. That's how they're picking and choosing who should be in this country and who shouldn't be. And then the ones, you know, they say, oh, there's a zero tolerance with Trump. Well, shouldn't we have zero tolerance on laws? When I, when I was growing up, I remember they used to say no one is, is above the law. No one. I mean, and that meant, and that also means crying illegal immigrant children. It also means because if if we if they're above the law, then who? Then why does anyone have to follow the law? And that's the greatness. One of the greatness of our nation is that we are a nation of law and rule and order. So if you want to be a part of this country, be a part legally, not illegally. And I think the left is missing that, you know, because of the hypocrisy of who they care about. When they didn't cry for Kate Steinle and they they don't cry for all these people who were harmed by the illegal immigrant population, and there are people who are deeply harmed, by the illegal immigrant population. And there is a burden that people pay because people come over here and then they send $56 billion back to their native land. Well, that's the reason, you know, countries like Mexico and all those other, you know, nations do a little wink, wink, nod, nod, because it's a industry for them. But yep. that money is coming off the back of taxpayers here. So... We need to have a nation of laws, and that is what Donald Trump is saying. He's, he's never said, to my knowledge, no immigrant should be here. What he's saying is that illegal immigration has gone out of control, and we, we, can't, we can't continue that. It, it, doesn't, it is not in our best interest as a nation to keep on pretending that we can just import a, a whole group of people who many – Times are low skilled and uneducated, and will become, you know, a burden to the taxpayer. You know, and that's like, you know, what Donald Trump says. We need to have a merit-based immigration policy. We need to have people who come over here who can bring something to our nation. And then I also think that we need to have people who want to be a part of this nation, not just from this nation. And I'll quote a Democrat, which is what I will I seldom do, but there was a Democrat who said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what can you do for your country? And we need people, and that was JFK, and we need people who come over here who can say, well, not just what can America do for me, but what can I do for America? And that is the type of people that we need to be coming over here to bring things to our country, not to Take things from our country. Can, can I just can I just add this? And that that Ron Cameron is spot on. Uh, at the end of the day, meritocracy. Everything we do, anything we're part of, we want the best. Any team we're part of, any corporation we're part of, we want to be part of the best. What kind of people put down meritocracy? 
What kind of people say, no, we don't care about how good you are. We care about where you come from or where your color is or how poor you are, and that's the, that, that's the criteria. Those are people trying to undermine anything they are part of. They're, so we're looking at a country that we're in a fight, again, of the hard and soul of our country at this point. If we look at meritocracy, bring the very best in, those who love our country and will take their income and reinvest in our country, not send it someplace else, then we become a better country. The leftists, the globalists, the Marxists, and the atheists do not love our country. You have to understand that because our country is based on the fact that we are a place that God has put in place, that God oversees us, that we, 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 we look to him from the very beginning. And that is the worst thing for leftists to ever think could happen. So they're trying to redefine, as, as Obama said, transform this great country into something that they can only envision because they now have become the gods. And that's one thing about uh, uh, socialists. There is no other god but themselves. And then they have us dependents, the, the lower class, that they, would, that, they, that, that they look up to them. So we understand how they work. We understand the message they give. And we have to, some kind of way, get this to those people who truly still love our nation. The good people are that are Democrats that still have not taken the time to think through this process and see what's, what's happening to them. If we can help them by having nice dialogue, good debate, respectful debate, and show them that they're winning now because of a president, uh, President Trump, then they will start to vote for their own good. And they'll stop voting for their own values and principles versus uh, an ideology that's nothing but uh, but brings misery across the board. You know, it, it's funny because the left does this very, very well. First, they separate us from God, as you said, Burgess, and then government becomes our God. Well, also by taking God and the community and the church out of the equation, you also break down moral barriers. So now if you can break down a person's moral code, anything goes. So if anything goes, it's the feel good. It feels good for me, so I'm going to do it whether or not it's going to hurt someone else or not. And that is how they destroy our society. They break down the family. They, break, they take God away from us. And then finally, our final defense is our freedom of speech and our right to bear arms. And they're going after that tooth and nail. And we were talking about the immigration issue and these are some interesting stats that are, again, in the AMAC magazine. And of the top five countries that send their population to us, between 1990 and 2015, over a 25-period, four of the five countries have tripled the number of people that come to the United States. So, Karen, you were mentioning about them sending their money back to the countries. India. Oh, absolutely. Their, their economy is based solely on how much money they can take out of the United States and bring over to their country. Mexico has gone from 4.2 million to over 11.6 million. That is three times the amount. China, for less than 1 million, 921,000, to 2.67 million. That's a staggering number. That's almost three times. India, less than a half million, 450, up to 2.4 million. In 25 years, the Philippines more than doubled from 9.12 thousand to 1.98 million, and then El Salvador less than half a million, 465 thousand to 1.35 million. These are our dollars going overseas to brace up their economies, and we're doing nothing to help ourselves. Or, and or the about- other thing is, there's not an appreciation. For America and these countries, 
you know, if you would think that if you've given that much, that people would at least be grateful. But there are, yeah. you know, these nations, they're not even grateful. Well, you have, uh, Donald Trump said it, he said it best, that we have been the piggy bank. And anyways, you go through that list, think about this. Uh, if those people were coming here to become Americans, be proud, be grateful, to work and study and want to give back, this country would be right now, and not in the and not in the gas straits we're in, not in the in the the uh, the debt we're in. But instead, what they do is they come here because it's an entitlement mentality. When you don't come to a place, you work hard to get someplace. It's an entitlement mentality, and they take the good hard dollars they learn earn here and they send it back to another country. So of course, other countries love it. Mexico would love to have people come through here because it's, we're the piggy bank. Those days are done. And we have a president who's made it very clear, no more. This country is coming back with a standing strong for our, our American people. And I tell you what, it feels so good. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, yellow, green. It doesn't matter. It feels so good to be an American with a president who loves this country and, and bring us back with the competitive spirit that we've always, always loved. And we're now going to be not only back but stronger than ever before. So I'm looking forward to that day for sure. Oh, I agree. I mean, I am so excited, too. And, I mean, you can just feel that we're coming back, and and thank God for President Trump. You know, you have a very very um, unique background, Burgess. From you know, because I started reading your book, uh, which is called "What Is It? Liberalism and How to um, Make Good Men Weenies, Wimps, and It's called it's called liberalism or how to turn good men into whiners, weenies, and wimps, and. And, and, and it's a perspective from an era that I was so blessed to grow up in. My that dad's generation uh, and those before him were kicking butt. There was a generation that led our country in terms of commitment to men to marriage, commitment to men to education, entrepreneurship more than any, any other race out there, uh, patriotists. Uh, uh, they were Christian-based, and they, they the worst thing to do for them is ever call them a victim. You call them anything, but you call them a victim, and they would fight you at the time because they were overcoming, they were winning. And that, that generation taught me what Winnie's Wines and Wimps look like. And we don't need to produce any more of those guys. We're, we're, making, we're making too many of them as we, as we speak. In the black community particularly, we talk about where the, where the leftists really hurt us. It hurts the family. But more important, it hurts manhood and womanhood. It takes away the essence of both. It leaves us with this, these, these caricatures of people who could think not, not think for themselves anymore, they could care less about anybody else, they have no compassion, no empathy, and they're willing to destroy our own race. That's what's left when you take away manhood and womanhood. So the, the book is about that. It's about a history of, of what we've done together. America, and if I just say this, Americans have nothing to apologize for, so let's quit it. We look back on our history and find that the real history of what we've done together, there's no other people in the history of mankind that's worked as hard together through all our difficulties, to continue to grow better and better at looking at each other from inside out, not outside in. We've done it better than any other nation around the world. So for the leftists to call us racist, it shows what their heart's at. They're the worst of the worst. They're the racists. They're the elitists. They're the ones who look down on people and hate other folks and make sure that misery is always left behind where they, where they, where they, they find themselves. So uh, at the end of the day, guys, just learn our history, be proud of ourselves, and, uh, and look, to, uh, look to a great history as we have future, I should say that, as we uh, move forward and, and with, with all this hope that's now coming down the pipe for us. Well, I think uh, the uh, French writer, Alex uh, de, de Tocqueville, 
I can't pronounce his last name, Tocqueville. Uh, uh, Alexis de Tocqueville. Thank you. Thank you. My keyboard put it backwards today. But he stated that uh, the greatness of America lies in not in being more enlightened than any other nation, but rather in her ability to repair her faults. And I, I think, you know, if we, we look at what where we fail and then strive to go beyond that, now, you're a perfect example of that, Burgess. At one point, you were working as a janitor in an apartment building in Brooklyn, New York, <laughs> uh, where yeah. you had gone from very on high down to very low, but you looked at your failure, you looked at how you can correct it, and move forward. And this is what makes us so uniquely American, the ability to fail and still strive. Well, the, the, what, what America is saying is two things. Uh, it's a place of second chances. And uh, I, I've had a chance to be an NFL player, to be a corporate uh, sales uh, person, to have my own business. The greatest job I ever had for about two or three months was that of the chimney sweep. Because it's when everything went wrong, but I remember at the very lowest depth, when things, I mean, just you never want to be there. But I remember thinking, this is a place of second chances. In this country, you can stand back up, go back at it, and earn your right back to wherever you want to go. The other thing I'm going to highlight with what Karen said a little bit ago, what America stands for, one word I can say that says it all, it's called gratitude. This is a place that we, we're so thankful to God in heaven, to those who came before us, for those who are around us to give examples, for those who we, we might not ever know their name, but they, they put their hands out and they, they give us a little up, up, uh, encouragement when we need it. They, 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 they serve us when we, we don't think that we're servable. And that's what our country is about across the board. And one example of that, and I'll leave with this, you think about the Underground Railroad. That was back when the slaves were trying to, to get out from the south and go north. There were two parts of the conductors and facilitators. Conductors with Harriet Tubman, who actually went down and brought these people out, black people working hard to make sure these folks who had hope and had a way out. You had all these facilitators, blacks and whites, Mexican and Germans, it didn't matter, that, were, that allowed these folks to come through, never see them ever again in life, but they wanted to be part of that process of giving hope and freedom. That's what our nation has done from the very beginning. We just need to tell our history better and take our history books out of the hands of these leftists who all they want to do is change it and destroy and delete the goodness of our history. Take it back from these guys, and we tell what we're all about, and our, and our kids will grow up proud of who we are and wanted to contribute and, and not demean our, our country the way these, these kids have been taught to demean it today. Wow. You know, it's funny because uh, Harriet Tubman also led Union troops here in South Carolina. Matter of fact, when I drive up to Charleston for my doctor visits or anything else, I pass right through that area where she led the Union troops through. We also had Robert Smalls, another escaped slave, who commandeered a a Confederate vessel and then went and manned that vessel with fellow slaves uh, for the Union side. There's a lot of rich history on why we should be proud and thankful for being Americans, but yet we have the left pulling the victim card. You're failing because, or you divide and conquer by where your background lies. You've got Latinos, you've got blacks, you've got this, you've got that. Divide and conquer, instead of each and every one of us looking at America as the melting pot it was intended to be and standing shoulder to shoulder with your neighbor. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing that uh, back in 1800, Karl Marx, the founder of Marxism and uh, the uh, right author of the Communist Manifesto, he said something back then that, that uh, his, his uh, uh, acolytes have, have taken on. 
He says the first battleground is the rewriting of history. So if you understand what they've done, the leftists from the early 1900s have taken over the educational system. They're going into government. They, they go with where it's a soft belly of our nation. They go where there's no risk, where they can hide and they can fester and they can attack without getting any, any, any feedback. They go to education. They go to public service where, where they, they can't get fired. And in, in this case here, we need to get our education back, guys. We have a state like California that's overseeing the education of our kids, and 75% of those black kids cannot read and write. That says that something has to change. We need to get, get it away from those guys because they're going to do nothing but bring more misery and, of course, teach our kids at that point uh, not to love our country. And that's what's happening again on the NFL. The NFL sideline is a great opportunity for us to have a conversation about what is really happening. And, Karen, you hit it on the head. They have nothing to complain about, yet they, with all the fever and the belief in their hearts, because that's what they've been trained, they believe they've been victims. So we need to make sure we understand what the cause is. And these guys, unfortunately, are going to have to deal with it. They have to kind of grow up. We have to kind of get to them and teach them the truth. But at the end of the day, we have to find out what the source is. And that's what's happened behind the curtains in these communities where leftists and Marxists and atheists are controlling our communities for, for decades now. Democrats by the way. <laughs> yeah. You also have to look at what the messages you see uh, on social networks. Uh, you also see the TV ads that you see. I mean, there is one ad for eBay I swear I want to throw up every time I see it. This guy is singing because he gets these beautiful turquoise sneakers. Please. The effeminization of our men here in America yep. is, is disgusting. Oh, you could and preach on that all day long. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Please, oh get that metrosexual out of my face. Give me a real man. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I, I tell you what, what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I, <laughs> and, and part of my book, uh, that's one of the first chapters I put in here, that black women have been, have been hurt the most as they're looking around to find out where's a real man and they're finding out that uh, they're not being educated, they're being put in jail, they're not being told to stand up and man up, they're not talking to respect women anymore. So, yes, we need to make sure we get back to basis: God, manhood, and womanhood. The fact is we have too many women, particularly in the black community, that's, that's allowing themselves to be talked into killing their own babies. We have, uh, we have 1,800 kids every single day being given over to abortionists. There's not only a problem with the messaging of these white abortionists, but the fact that we have our black women accepting it and, 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 and thinking that, that they're, themselves and their babies are, are not worth it. And we are, of course, men who stand on the sideline and not protect them. Our goal, our job as men, is to protect, provide, and lead womanhood, to be a partner, to work together, and use those talents to go ahead and provide these families that can grow up and, and love our country the more and, and, and be a productive person in the, in the future. We have lost that within the black community because we've destroyed the family unit. We need to get that back. And once that happens, the leftist moves for sure. The funny thing is, is that well, thank you for mentioning that. I appreciate that because many people don't realize the most dangerous place for a black child is in the womb of a black woman. And we have to start being honest about the, um, you know, the overwhelming abortions that are happening in the black community and the Planned Parenthood. Of course, we all know Margaret Sanger wanted to create Planned Parenthood to basically get rid of black people. And right. it looks like her desires are coming true. 
Well, we have 20 million, 20 million black babies have been killed since 1973, which represents 40% of the day's black population. So, yes, we talk about KKK. Well, the KKK only killed 1,400 people. 1,300 of them were black, were white, were white uh, Republicans. So no, nothing has, has damaged the black community more than black and white elitists. It's not just white people. It's black elitists like your Cory Bookers, your Maxine Waters, your John Lewis's, your Elijah Cummings. Those who sit on their little kingdoms and they see the, 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 the misery that they are leaving behind and could care less because they've gotten their own, they're accepting it to the club, they're making it leave the dollars, and they see these, these, these poor being damaged. And as far as they're concerned, it's all worth it to them. So the black and white elitists, socialists, are the ones we have to make sure that we're fighting against. And it's not a, black, it's not a, it's not a color thing. It's an ideology thing. So, yes, the, the, the black family has been destroyed from one that was the greatest in our country at one point, and we can get that back. And once we do, we'll start raising our young men to be true men and raising our young women to be true women. And together they will develop families that no one can defeat again because we'll know who the enemy is. And uh, I believe it's not, it's not a black and white thing. It's, it's this ideology. Well, you know, uh, we need our women also to encourage men to be men and not accept this, this I, Hollywood ideal of what a man should be. But one thing is uh, mentioned that we should also be very happy with this new Scottish ruling also. There's another one I forgot about uh, that came through on today also, is that they overturned a California law that mandated pregnancy crisis centers must tell a woman about an abortion option. A lot of these centers are run by religious groups and pro-life groups. And SOTA said you are in violation of freedom of religion by mandating them to violate their their faith. So now Mm -hmm. these pregnancy crisis groups can counsel these women and tell them how to keep their pregnancy, and they do not and do not have to tell them about abortion options. That's a giant step forward, and that's from the state of California. It is. And, and, I, and I tell you guys, as, as we go through the list of things that's happening now, and we've talked about a few major, uh, major issues with the with the, uh, the Supreme Court. We we haven't talked about the fact that the lowest unemployment in the history of our country for blacks and Hispanics and for women for the last 20 years. And we, we, all these things that are happening, and it points to one thing. And I'm going, Annie, I'm going to leave you pretty soon, but I just want to make sure that I leave this with the audience. Um, you know, we. <laughs> November 8th, 2016, what I think happened is our Heavenly Father made it very clear to our country that he has not given up on us yet. Americans realize we need to turn away from the direction we're heading off to and turn toward doing the things that have always made us great. Compassion, empathy, looking at the godly values and principles and values. Those are things we voted for and it's made already within 500 plus days we see the difference in our nation just in the 500 plus days where we are. It's like the light is shining all of a sudden in the in space of darkness. Uh, know that that's just the beginning. And as we continue to get the word out, and that's what, that's what I appreciate by this being you that you guys are giving me. All of us do our very best to be the best that we can be. And, and we risk and we take chances and we educate ourselves so we can, can, can give this value. And then together we come together, and this allows us, with your venue and my voice and Karen's voice, allows us to start to let people know there's another way. And all it, all it comes down to in our country is the more we're thinking and conversing and talking and debating, the stronger our country becomes. We don't have to build anything. 
But the one thing we've always done in the past is we've been able to agree to disagree because we believe in the freedom of speech and the freedom of having our own values and giving people space. That's what our country has been all about, and we'll continue to do that. And I just thank you guys for having this, uh, the opportunity to, to have this kind of conversation because we need to have more of this. And hopefully the those that are listening will do some more studying, turn on more than CNN, because CNN is not giving the tool picture, see more, educate yourself, and be willing to debate with respect. If we do that, then, uh, then we'll get our country back and thank us as a president who's going to lead us in that direction for sure. Amen, Burgess. Amen. And I'm going to give you a, one last thought before you take off. And we only have about nine minutes left anyway. Uh, but Trump was here in South Carolina in Columbia at the Henry McMaster's rally for governor. And uh, Jim Acosta from CNN showed up at the rally. And the tra- crowd spontaneously started chanting to him, go home, Jim. Go home, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. was laughing so hard. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm really curious because they have invested very, very dearly in in, uh, in Trump's defeat. They've invested very dearly in a hope that our country is going through more misery. Uh, you see people, and, and people, please understand the heart of the leftists, the heart of, of a socialist and a Marxist. They hate to see happy people. They only want happy people if they have control of that happiness, if they have the power and the money to dictate it. So all of a sudden we have a president who's winning, and they actually hate it. They will they refuse to report on good stuff. So I'm I'm, I'm going to be curious at what's going to happen when they've invested so much into all these uh, all the failure and, and the Mueller thing and the Russian collusion and none of that comes through. What are they going to do to get the audience back who truly wants to hear the truth? They will of course keep their leftist part of it, but there are people out there. I would say 30 percent of Americans who are kind of in the middle and they just want truth. What are they going to do when people realize that they've been lied to for 500 plus, no, for years, they've been lied to? They're going to lose that, that, uh, that, that audience. And, again, I hope, I really do hope that the dollars that they've been projecting, the billions of dollars of, of, of wealth they see coming in their pockets over the years, that that begins to diminish tremendously. And when, only when that happens, when they will, will they begin to, to begin to try to, to, to um, uh, compete in the level of, of being truthful. So we'll see how that works out. I hope it happens for sure. Well, thank you, Burgess. And you know you're always welcome. Just you've got my number. You got Curtis's okay. number. You got my email. So just drop me a note, and okay. I'll have you back on. And as soon as I finish reading your book, I'll have you back on so we can do the whole book. Let's, How's let's that do it, guys. I have another. I have another one by the way coming out this fall. It's called Why I Stand: From Freedom to the Killing Fields of Socialism. So that's coming out this fall, uh, right around the time season starts. So, so let's do it again. And, and Karen, thanks for your insight. Also, uh, uh, this is how it works. We get the, the word out, and those who really want to hear the truth. It tingles their ears a little bit, and they want to find out more as they go and do their homework. So let's keep it up, all right? Well, you're awesome. Burgess, God bless. Thank you, guys. All the best. Take care. All right. right. Check out Burgess Meredith. Not Burgess. Burgess Owens. Jesus. Oh, good Lord. And his website is Burgess Owens Speaks. Karen, we're down to our last six minutes, and I want to thank you for joining us. You'll be with us on Friday. I just got to warn you, Karen, ahead of time. I'm having cataract surgery tomorrow morning. So uh, I have no idea what, how we're going to work this out, but I'm going to do my damnedest. <laughs> it's going to work out. It'll be perfect. Oh, man. And uh, one last thing I wanted to mention, I had pulled this article up because I was starting to crack up because all the mania that was going on with Trump and his, the people that support Trump being a, being attacked, there's a bar in Chicago called Replay Lincoln Park, and they put their new 
uh, code of conduct or code of dress uh, rules up for people to to uh, have. They want to class the joint up. So they mandated that no one can wear a Make America Great Again Trump hat. And I had to crack up because when I saw this article on Saturday, That's Sunday, my husband, my husband took me to brunch, and we've got a restaurant just four blocks from the house at the country club. So I'm there at the bar, and the guy comes walking in wearing one of these red Trump hats, and I give him a huge thumbs up, and then I started yelling at him, and I said, how come I've never seen you at a Tea Party meeting? You're wearing the hat. You should be at my meetings. <laughs> so... I yelled at him. But I, I think they are making such a mistake by by drawing the line in the sand uh, against conservatives, and they will pay for it again at the polls. That's for darn sure. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see what happens with the today's primary here in South Carolina. Yeah. As soon as I get off the air, I've got to go vote. And uh, up in New York, so we've got two big primaries going on right now. But Karen, it has been so much fun. Um, what we should remember. To push forward your website, and I always get this backwards. It's GOP Buzz or Buzz GOP? Now, GOPBuzz.com. So it's GOPBUZZ.com. Well, you'll be with us on Friday, and we've got uh, who the heck do we have on Friday? I've got uh, uh, Lee uh, Bochum. He's got a book out, which is an inspirational book, a really good one. And Richard Sanders is going to be with us. He's got a book out on integration in America. Mm. Uh, but, no, I think I got the wrong person on the mat. I have, I've got to double check. Um, I know I have his book. Oh, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore, Karen. But I want to thank you for joining me. <laughs> it's always so much fun. Well, we'll have a lot more to talk of. <laughs> we have a lot more to talk about on Friday. <laughs> I know. And if you can vote twice, do it. That's what <laughs> <laughs> but no, vote like a Democrat often. That's what I told people I know, in my Tea Party. Exactly. <laughs> vote like a Democrat. Exactly. Uh, what, I want to remind everyone, go to my website. It's the name of the show. Put a hyphen in the middle, southern-sense.com. And also check out over there the Earth Water I have on there. I have a link where you can become an affiliate, and you can get it at a wholesale cost. Uh, if you can get people to buy it, that's great, because you'll end up earning anywhere from a 10 to 40% commission. I'm doing this for you guys. So just sign up, become an affiliate, even if you buy just one case. Just check it out. It's a company that has this. They are patriotic and faith-based. These are good conservative people that run this, and it is also faith-based. It's based upon scripture, and it's got over 70 minerals in it. I've dropped two of my medications, and I've been slowly losing weight with it. So please check it out. Go to my website, Southern Sense. Put a hyphen in the middle, southern-sense.com, and click on the Earth Water link. We will be back here on Friday, same bat time, same bat station. So I'll leave you with our closing song, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. Until then, I say good night and God bless.